0: We back with a new
1: episode of Textually Active, and this week we got a guest. We phoned our friend Jamila. She got a a lot of letters behind her name. Jamila, what is it? And I'm a licensed clinical addiction specialist.
0: So we back talking mental health. We gave y'all a break this week, but we really think we needed it, and y'all needed it. Let me tell you something. You might not be drinking for funsies. It may be something deeper going on. You might not be just a social drinker. And you know,
1: you might have a problem. We're gonna talk about it with Jamila this week,
0: and we're gonna talk about it right here, right now, on Textually Active.
1: Hey, so I see all of y'all sharing Y'all products, y'all businesses On your Instagram stories, on Facebook Why not take out an ad on your favorite Podcast and get more listens And more eyes on your product Textually Active is now offering ads To businesses, all you have to do Is send us an email and we'll get back To you about how you can get your ad Right here on Textually Active Send us an email right now at TextuallyActivePod at (music) gmail.com Episode of t- 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 Textually Active. Textually this is active. your weekly dose of conversations about navigating the digital age while dealing with friendships, relationships, and all the ships in between. I'm Rez and I got Meezy with me.
0: Whole lot of gang shit today.
1: Producer E is on the boards. When I can't get up. And if you're watching this episode so clearly on YouTube, you'll notice that we have another person sitting with us. This is Jamila. And she has a lot of fancy letters behind her name. I'm going to let her explain it. But
0: we thought it would be helpful to have
1: somebody in here with
0: us this week. Because for the last, what, couple episodes last week, we gave y'all a break. Yeah. But when we came back from our break. When we came down. When we came down, we was like, fam, something wrong with us? We need to talk to somebody who knows something about something. Uh, depression is here. Seasonal depression is here. We've been going through it. And so we decided. But
1: wait, uh, most importantly, maybe I'm not just drinking for
0: funsies. Maybe. Maybe just I'm
1: drinking to numb some feelings that I really need to talk about.
2: <laughs> so
0: we needed to put in a phone call. And we got Jamila this week. Jamila, tell the mm-hmm. people about yourself.
2: Well, first off, thank y'all for having me. Um, my name is Jamila. So... I'll just tell a little bit about myself and my background. I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling.
3: And
0: like we <laughs> doing big things. <laughs>
2: But my license is in addictions, Um, so both of those kind of coincide in um, what I do. And as far as what I do right now, I work in a hospital setting, in the emergency room. So a lot of the times I see patients that come in that are suicidal, um, wanting to hurt somebody else, um, depression, psychotic. So pretty much they're in a mental health crisis. So that's what I'm doing as of right now.
0: I think we, I think we made a really good phone call. Uh,
1: no, I, think we did
3: too.
2: <laughs>
0: I think I think this might work out today.
1: Right. So we we phoned a friend, we got Jamila here and we wanted to talk specifically around mental health, around addiction around getting through those things and what it looks like in our community. Because I feel like a lot of people are out here self-diagnosing. I mean, me and Miz have been on this episode self-diagnosing ourselves with stuff for a while.
0: WebMD been my best friend. Right,
1: (laughs) WebMD. But when you have somebody who's directly in the field and dealing with that stuff day to day, it's important to get those things out so that you know... Maybe I should go speak to somebody or maybe this isn't just something that I do on Fridays or maybe I really should dig deeper into what may be wrong with me.
0: Right. So, I mean, let's just go ahead and get started. What yeah, you think? We, we might as well skip the text. <laughs> I know y'all came here for high gaps this week, but uh, I think I got some issues that I might need to work on and I feel like today is the day I should probably try it. the best I can. Yeah. You know, so we might as well jump into the discussion this week. Right.
1: So I know I I said on um, previous episodes, maybe even on Uncle Poochie's episode that I started early with drinking. I'm no longer drinking now. I know you guys heard this in the past couple of episodes. I'm sober. But I started early with drinking. Um, Middle school, maybe. It's embarrassing to say, but I would come home, touch my parents, alcohol, tap it a little bit, pour some water back in it. I'm sorry, y'all. I buy y'all bottles every time I come to the house now. But I was touching it <laughs> and it just turned into a pattern like I drink regularly, especially when I turned 21. It was just like a social thing. But as I got to the later half of my 20s, I'm like, Yo, this, this don't even hit no more like. I'm getting drunk. My hangovers are lasting for two to three weeks. I'm blacking out people. are not two to three weeks, two to three days. I'm blacking out. People are telling me stories that I don't remember. My memory is like scattered all over the place. I can hardly finish the stories that I'm telling. Like I'm drunk. And I realized that I was using it as a coping mechanism to kind of like not feel anything. And I know Mm -hmm. that's not normal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, like. Would you consider that alcoholism? So we can talk about two different things
2: um, because you had mentioned at first that you were using it socially. So socially, you know, you have to kind of look at yourself. Um, Am I able to put it down? I think that's one of the big things when it comes to an addiction. Am I able to be like, okay, I drank all weekend. I'm going to put it down. I'm not going to drink it for like two months. If it comes to a place where you feel like it's difficult for you to put it down because you're constantly thinking, like, I need to drink. Like, I'm coming home from work, and I I need to cope with work. I need to cope with stress, and I'm not able to put it down. That's when it starts to become an issue. You mentioned blacking out as well. Things like that. If you're starting to have relationship issues with, like, your friends, your family, they're coming to you like, yo, you remember you did this? And they're, like, having conversations with you that's when you start to notice that it can be um, an issue. If you're starting to get into legal issues, DWIs, DUIs, things like that. And if your tolerance has increased, so if it took maybe two shots to get you drunk, but now it's taking you like eight, um, that's when you start to notice that it can be an issue.
1: Yeah. I definitely definitely was on some days just saying – Maybe I maybe I shouldn't be drinking as I'm tearing that box wine up. Just like, well, you know it'll make you feel better, mm-hmm. so just take mm-hmm. a sip. But my tolerance definitely increased, and it would get to the point where during the week I'm drinking so much on the weekend, I need a little bit more to mm-hmm. get drunk. So I'm switching from wine to alcohol,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, yeah, Mizi, did anything she say
0: said? Uh, I just want to put uh, the the trigger warning here because. I was triggered, so I know if you are listening, you probably about to be triggered a little bit. Uh, I feel like there was a there was a small period where I was feeling the same. Where I was, you know, you catch me out uh, weekly uh, in our city at various bars, just hanging out, doing my thing, and uh, I I don't know, I don't know. I would, uh, I think that's part of the problem because you don't know if you. Determine It being a problem Because I would only drink on a weekend It's not like I became dependent That I need to drink during the week But my my free time That's what I like to do And also I noticed that uh, As a social drinker I'm also uh, drinking for my anxiety I have social anxiety I go outside usually by myself With nobody with me And I realize like I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the guy in the bar on my phone, like, not paying attention. So it's me drinking, like, the drinks. And I learned that I drink real fast, which means if, when I start to drink real fast, that means I need another drink to deal with what's going on. And so now I'm four drinks up in an hour, and now everybody think, oh, Measy done got lit. And it's like, no, I was... I was just nervous and I didn't know what to do because having a conversation, me and you sitting here having a conversation, I'm just drinking to keep calm. Yeah, like it's weird. Like I be that's how I be feeling. So I'm like, Mm
2: -hmm. and that's and that's kind of interesting. What you said as far as like you're drinking because. You, you know, you feel anxious. Yeah. You know, it makes you feel more comfortable. A lot of the times, that's how addiction starts. Like we're trying to overcome like depression or anxiety, or we're trying to drown out our traumas. Maybe you were abused in your childhood. Like maybe something happened in your childhood. You're using drugs or alcohol to kind of overcome that and try to drown that out.
1: But so. is it really helping in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things? Because when I came up from <laughs> my binge of Drinking mm-hmm. pre wedding, like I was a little fucked up mentally, like mm-hmm. not having the alcohol to fall back on mm-hmm. and having to sit there and be like, Well, shit, maybe you wasn't drinking because the wedding was stressful. Maybe it were, maybe it was the triggers that the wedding pulled. Maybe mm-hmm. it was the different conversations that you had to have throughout the wedding with people about your family dynamic or about mm-hmm. friendships that you had to end planning this wedding. Maybe you were drinking for little bit more mm-hmm. than that so would you say that alcohol helps people who are feeling these things
2: um no, because once you put the alcohol down, the, the issues are still there. Um, and you have to address those issues without the alcohol. And I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is that I don't want to sit here and think about these things. I just want to drown it out with alcohol so I don't have to think about those things. And that's why a lot of people turn towards drugs and alcohol because they don't want to think about those things. So that's a that's a good point.
1: And once you pull, I've I've read somewhere that alcohol was like one of the hardest ones to get rid of. Is that true?
2: Um, No. I think it just depends on the person. um, Because a lot of people, they use methamphetamines, (sighs) they
0: use... Opioids or the big boys
2: Cocaine You know the crack epidemic mm. And all that You one know One in the 80's Crack baby Okay a
0: little, so A little powder too A little, <laughs> a little, just, too little powder I don't do too much too <laughs> A little powder here Sometimes
2: there. you just Swipe the table
0: Yeah a little bit oh, a, little, a little
2: line here and there. <laughs> there, there So it just depends On the person Um, You know Everybody's go to Is alcohol You know Some, some people's go to Is marijuana And um I think That's the biggest thing I had a group one time That just didn't think that you could be addicted to marijuana
1: that's what i was gonna say i I know a lot of people who say that
0: too (laughs) because they because now we live in a society where the stigma around marijuana is changing Mm -hmm. uh we have a lot of people focusing on like the benefits of smoking marijuana Mm -hmm. and i've also heard like uh a therapist on another show podcast say that smoking marijuana isn't uh it affects the REM sleep, so when you start to, you know, use this every day because it helps you go to sleep, it also affects the sleep. So, like now that we are changing the stigmas of brown marijuana, like what are the thing? Like it's it's an addiction, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Still. It, it can be. Yeah. um And I'm not pro marijuana. I'm not anti marijuana. Um, But if we're talking about addiction, I think one of the things that was hardest for me to get across to my clients that came in for, you know, just marijuana itself is that, you know, the things that I just discussed earlier, is it causing issues in your life? Are you having legal issues? Because I had a lot of people come in that are on probation for marijuana. I don't agree with that, but I'd rather you get therapy rather than you go to jail right? because that's a whole nother scheme of things. You know, I just I feel like people shouldn't have to go to prison before marijuana. Right. But is it causing you issues in your life? You know, are you on probation and then you can't stop smoking because you smoke so much? Right. Now um, you can't pass
0: a P-test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: you can't put it down because you can't pass a drug tests, or you can't get a job because you can't pass a drug test. So it can be an addiction. I mean, a lot of things can be an addiction, but I think we don't talk about marijuana enough. But What are some of the main addictions that you see? Um, I'm seeing a lot of um, methamphetamine, um, especially come through the hospital, a lot of methamphetamine, a lot of cocaine, a lot of alcohol. Um, I think those are the big three. Um, marijuana, but I don't. I don't see a lot of people coming in that want to stop using marijuana. A lot of yeah. times, they
1: want to stop using the bigger drugs. So um, meth, alcohol, and what was the third one? Um, cocaine.
0: Cocaine. Mm-hmm. What's a What's a methamphetamine for the record?
2: Um, methamphetamine. It depends on because it's different types of methamphetamine. That's what it he was be. making
1: on Breaking Bad, right? I haven't seen. Is that a show? I I it, never, yeah, I it never. was the bald white man. Y'all didn't get into that. I thought
2: they mm-hmm. were making
0: crystal meth
1: crystal That's meth is yeah. that the
2: same yeah. thing oh. yeah. <laughs> that is a type and it can also be in pill form like Adderall Oh
0: yeah. what Adderall has look, look at you. It?
2: well it has an amphetamine component okay yeah huh. mm-hmm. so are these
0: uppers like things that people are using to stay up or like
1: mm. I, have to, re- I, I med- have to do my research
0: on that one again <laughs>
1: I think meth might keep you active.
0: Because I feel like
1: dope puts you down.
0: Because I feel like
1: people that mm-hmm. use it. I know dope puts you down. <laughs> dope put you down. No, I be watching my drug shows. I'm familiar. <laughs> I know all about it. I know all about the bars and all that stuff y'all kids be using. See, the, I didn't even think I knew that term. <laughs> I know about the buses, the perk perkies. Yeah, y'all ain't oh, slick. <laughs> when, when,
0: oh, you say, when you say the bars, y'all kids be doing. You don't sound as hip as you think. <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: sound hip Honestly, I don't think I've heard that one yet. Yeah, I, yeah. The
0: Zambars. Oh I got oh, it. Oh,
2: okay. I got yeah. you. See, I'm not again, as hip.
0: Again. I'm very old. You don't, you don't sound as hip as you think you sound. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So meth is the popular one. A lot of people I personally stereotype that one to be a, a white mm-hmm. drug. Is yeah. that who it's affecting?
2: Yeah, it that's that's definitely um that's what
1: i see the most is it comparable to what crack did to black people in the 80s not to make this a racial thing but
2: i would i would say so but it changes so because opioids were a big thing about two three years ago and doctors had to really like clamp down on a lot of the prescriptions they were given so at the time when i first graduated so many people came in from opioid use. But now, since doctors are cracking down, they're going back towards meth. And meth is also dope. a cheaper the drug Opioids,
0: and whatnot. Yeah. They
1: the when they realized that dope was cheaper than a Percocet, you yeah. could get a $5 bag of
0: Especially, dope. I, think- I also don't be thinking they know uh, the the dosage so they they be just trying to get whatever but they be trying to get the 30 perks. and it's like yay, hey, this going to cost you a little bit right <laughs> you
1: better be relax but i i do i did have friends who were injured and they got prescribed percocets and mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. You maybe could have gave them an ibuprofen 800, Mm -hmm. maybe a Tylenol 800. Mm -hmm. You just went straight to Perks. And then Mm -hmm. you turn around and you have this friend that you had in high school. Me personally had a friend in high school who is battling with addiction for pills, with Mm -hmm. pills, because they were prescribed that from an injury that they got Mm -hmm. in high school.
2: And I'm going to be honest and I'm going to keep it real. It's a money thing. Um. I mean, that's just the bottom line. When I um, got my wisdom tooth removed, I did not want any type of pain medication. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking my leave and that's it because, you know, I got family members that have addiction issues and I'm not going down that road. Even the
1: Oxys
0: too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I. I at <laughs> <laughs> some point, I just, it don't even to be doing this show. I just want you to just like name all the drugs that you can pick up. Just, oh just, just for. Oh not, Lord. Not, Lord. Not, all right, my. so we'll
1: start at the top of the list. We Look. got Percocet, <laughs> Adderall, Xanis, Promethazine Lean, Molly, Ooh. Cocaine, Crack, um, Syrup, uh, oxy. It did that twice, but all right. Promethazine? Link? Yeah, yeah. And then you
0: said
1: syrup. Syrup, okay, that's a street name. Um, what else? Dope. <laughs> Heroin. Heroin and dope. That's the same thing. You know it? Not about the drugs. <laughs> Marijuana, alcohol, sex. People don't talk about sex a lot, but sex do be addicting. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah.
0: if it's good. If it's trash, you just ghost them and get out, get out of there. Get out of there. If it's, if it's trash, don't even send the taste. Just get out of there, right? Because it ain't nothing you could do. Because even if you like them a lot, and I mean a lot, that's the one element you're probably gonna be like, uh, I'm right. ready to go.
1: So you said that you are in the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So people who are making it to the emergency room, they pretty much hit rock bottom by the time they got there when they when they're speaking with you. Yeah.
2: um, Sometimes they come in on their own. Sometimes they're brought in by police um, because, you know, like I said, they can come in psychotic, off their medications, not aware of what's going on with them mentally. Um, They come in suicidal with plans or wanting to kill themselves. They come in homicidal, wanting to kill other people.
1: Yeah, it's um, it can can get real in the emergency room. (laughs) So, what are the, some of the things that you guys do in your team? I know you're working with a team of people to bring mm-hmm. those people back down to solid ground
0: because they're coming mm-hmm.
1: in high, drunk, talking about killing people, strapped down to the bed
0: like that. That's in level the moment 10. too, because yeah, like you gotta put that in perspective. Like, fam, the reason I'm here because something ain't go right while I thought I was doing something that I enjoyed. Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. they immediately had to bring me here. Mm-hmm. Like I want to kill people right now. And it's I'm, looking, I'm like, looking at you.
1: If, like, if I get up from this bed, it's over for you, Dr. Ma'am. It's okay? It is stuck. <laughs> Everybody in here going to feel this pain. But how do you get them down?
2: So, um if they meet that criteria like say for instance somebody somebody comes in they're depressed and they want to kill themselves and they have a plan, most of the time we recommend inpatient hospitalization get them into an inpatient unit, a psychiatric unit, get them on medications, get them back to an even playing field. You get group therapy there. You get to talk to a psychiatrist there. And then you get to develop a plan with that behavioral medicine team and figure out what's the next step. Do I need to go to outpatient and get therapy? You know, so just kind of bringing them back down to their medium and their baseline is is what we like to do.
0: My question is, like, with dealing with that, do you think uh, now with the change, time change mm-hmm. and the this is usually the seasonal depression time, mm-hmm. is that something you're seeing more like, – like, is there a correlation with mm-hmm. being more depressed and the time change?
2: I haven't seen it yet in the emergency room, um, but I do I, – I understand what you're saying because – I mean, honestly, this time change has affected me mentally, you know, not having enough sunlight. Like sunlight kind of brings us those happy moods, those happy endorphins. And then when it just gets dark at like 4, 35 o'clock, you're like, well, the day is pretty much gone. Right. So I don't think I've seen it yet in the emergency room. Um, but I do just see a lot of people coming in for depression based off of COVID. Oh, um, a lot of kids, too. Are How old? In. I think the youngest I've seen is Six, Dang.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. And what does that behavior look like in a six-year-old?
2: Um, they can be depressed. Um, and they actually have. Sometimes they actually come in with plans, or actually have acted on it. We see a lot of kids that come in overdosed off appeals because they're trying to kill themselves oh my gosh or, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely that that like kind of hits my heart a little bit seeing yeah. kids kind of going through that and I think them being back in school I'm seeing less kids because now they're back face to face but when they were out of school because
1: a lot of the times the teachers they are that first kind of contact or the first person mm-hmm. to be aware that something is going on mm-hmm. like as a teacher I could look at a student and say Oh. Something right. Let me look Mm -hmm. into this a little deeper. Talk to your mom, see what's going on. But with them not being in school, they don't get that first touch anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. them at home by themselves. You know, their parents Mm -hmm. still got to go to work and Mm -hmm. all the rest. Mm -hmm.
2: And they had their friends around too. They had their friends. They had activities. They probably were doing after school things. And that's just kind of been stripped away. And now they're just looking at a laptop and not having any interaction with their peers. It definitely takes an effect on kids.
0: Yeah, I always wonder, like, what are signs of depression? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know? Maybe I just had a bad day. But mm-hmm. some some people might think a little bit deeper than this and be like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, what? Maybe I am depressed. Like, mm-hmm. what are some of the early signs that you can, like, say, yeah, I'm depressed?
2: Mm-hmm. I think some of the biggest things is that you're starting to isolate yourself, um, your appetites maybe increased or decrease. Um, you're not sleeping as well. Um, you're having thoughts of suicide. Maybe you don't plan on acting on them, but you've thought about like. Well,
0: I learned about that later. Uh, mm-hmm. Suicide ideology. I learned about that. Yeah, I learned about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um. So yeah. Um. You don't necessarily have to have a plan, but you maybe you'll think, well, maybe if I weren't here all my problems would just go away. Or maybe, you know, my family would be better without me because I have had a lot of people come in and say that, you know, I just don't, I want to end it all. I don't care. I don't care to wake up. So those are definitely some of the big ones that you want to look out for. Oh,
0: man, I've been depressed. I think. I've been depressed for years.
2: Right. But are you, so, are you missing work and are you staying home a lot? Like, are you noticing a big shift? From your normal,
0: I don't think so because I think that is the way that I power through it, mm-hmm. but uh a good day for me is not having to leave the house. Mm-hmm. A good day for me is uh you know, uh, if it's getting dark at four o'clock, fine like mm-hmm. i I do not care. I don't need the lights on in here, I don't need none of that mm-hmm. uh uh a good day is me in my brain thinking like damn, maybe. Maybe I ain't really afraid of death because if this is the case, all right. And I, I just get through it, uh, you know. And then at my lowest, I know I've thought, like, I might die. Like, uh, this this might be my, my faith. This anno- the yeah. in the background. This noise might be my faith. And I would be fine with it. Like, I've never had, you know, specific. I've never been like. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. Oh, I've never had like, oh, if I were to do it, this is how I would do it. But I I also thought like, if I wasn't here, I'm pretty sure everybody be all right.
1: I feel the same way. And normally that leads me to tears. It's like, why do you feel like it'll be okay if you weren't here? Or Why are you not scared of like me walking down the street at night sometimes? I'm like, I wish a motherfucker would. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm wish a motherfucker would (laughs) like no I wish you would oh shit that's that's really dark like you need to Mm -hmm. focus on that and it's not like I'm out here making plans or like thinking about how I would do it or anything but just having that thought is scary Mm -hmm. so I feel like for me personally I feel like that's when I realized like you might need to talk Talk to somebody somebody." Mm -hmm. so as we get into Like that outpatient treatment because inpatient, that looks like you're you've been admitted Mm -hmm. to the hospital. Mm -hmm. They recognize that something is wrong with you and then they start setting you up for different things. Moment of transparency. I've been in that situation Mm -hmm. and it was scary as hell. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but that was where I got my diagnosis from, from Mm -hmm. the stuff that I'm going through. I mean, you know, and then from then to now, just trying to find ways to cope without being on medication or, you Mm -hmm. know, just living my day-to-day life without talking to a therapist. And then it hit me like, no, baby, you really need to address the -hmm. stuff that happened to you before, before you can continue to move on. So that's how I got where I am now. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about outpatient Is that typically therapy or speaking to somebody? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So outpatient
2: is pretty much therapist and or psychiatrist. So if you're interested in getting on medication, you can have that psychiatric piece where you see a psychiatrist, but it's a shorter um, session. So as for instance, like if you just want therapy, you may see a therapist for an hour, hour and a half. But a psychiatrist is really a short session, like maybe 15, 20 minutes tops. And then you're out the door with your meds. But, um, yeah, that's what the outpatient side looks like. Sometimes there is um, also a peer support where, say, for instance, you're homeless or you're jobless and you need those resources. That's what peer support is there for.
1: Hmm. I'm on the um, going to speak to somebody about meds track, so mm-hmm. I'll be there soon. You keep but, saying this. No, I'm dead serious. Like, <laughs> I pride myself in being transparent. And one of the things that I said when I came back to the show was like, I am taking the steps to get help. So when I sit down next, I am going to have speak to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. about what my options are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think two episodes ago, I said that I've been working very hard up until this point, and I'm tired of having to work as hard to regulate my emotions and mm-hmm. maintain my behavior and make sure I'm not on a wave of up and down, a major peak and then crash. Like mm-hmm. I need to be just stable. So mm-hmm. if that If I'm not drinking anymore and I'm not falling back on that, maybe medication would be an option for me. Mm -hmm. One thing
2: I want to say about medications is that there's there's so many different combinations. And I like to tell people like medication is also a journey in itself because you have to find the right medication that adjusts to your body. Um, you have to find the right combination that helps with your mood, but medication only takes you but so far. Oh. So having the part of therapy added in with medication gives you the best outcome,
1: right? So it's a a, a duo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Name mm-hmm. a better duo? Yeah,
3: Danny's and my
0: therapist. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I like like let's like so. I be trying to figure out, like, what are the best steps to take into finding a therapist? Because, you know, uh, I feel like finding a therapist is like finding a partner. Mm -hmm. Like, you have these. I want A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. They can't be a D, F, E. I think I did that wrong. No, I want a black woman (laughs) in her, around my
1: age. Exactly. She need to be from the North. Like, you know, just Mm -hmm. very specific about what you want. Gotcha. Um
2: and I, I kind of address this on my social media a little bit with, oh where um, can
1: they follow you on social we we'll can
0: do that oh, later and, yeah. okay well, well why they
2: watching an episode maybe they oh, oh, want to they know better. where can they find you um Instagram Jamila Ashley do I need to spell it
0: we'll put it yeah we'll put, okay. it at <laughs> we'll put <laughs> that at the bottom
2: yeah Instagram Jamila Ashley you can DM me if you have any questions that's where you can find me the most
0: her
1: DMs are open
2: uh, I don't
0: know that's <laughs>
1: what that <they> meant
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it meant <laughs> Um, but starting your, um, outpatient journey is if you have insurance, you can always do just a random Google search. Um, say you have blue cross blue shield. I want to find a black female therapist in Winston Salem that accepts blue cross blue shield.
3: Hmm. Oh, that's good. Um,
2: And majority of the time I use psychology today as a website and it shows you a list of like those therapists. Um, Now, if you want to X out that part, you can't just call the 800 number back on your insurance, on the back of your insurance card. Mm -hmm. Um, But some people aren't fortunate enough to have insurance. That's blacks. Yeah, minorities, definitely. Um, So there's a lot of places, a lot of nonprofits that you can go to for outpatient therapy. Um,
1: So you just have to do a Google search for that. Okay. When it comes to finding a therapist I feel like I'm in that boat now I have a therapist He cool or whatever What checklist should I be looking for When I'm speaking to a therapist How do is I know it, my
0: therapist is right for how me How
1: do I know my therapist is working Because I only had a couple sessions But the second session I was mm-hmm. so tired Like mm-hmm. I just felt exhausted And maybe this is a two part question But mm-hmm. I was just like Am I supposed to feel this way? Like, I feel heavier. I feel like I want to drink more after I talk to this man. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. So how do I know if it's working?
2: I think the most important part to think about is that um, uh, a therapeutic relationship takes time. Um, Sometimes you don't click with your therapist off gate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, and that's fine Explain that to your therapist, On you know, tell them that you feel like, well, I don't think I'm getting the benefit of therapy. Like I thought I would be, um, explain that to your therapist and maybe they can refer you to somebody else. But I think that's why the Google search is, is more effective because you actually get to see, sometimes they have like little pictures of their profile. You get to see what they specialize in. So you're like, okay, I think I will really vibe with this person. But if you're going to a big outpatient like company, cause I, My first job was a big outpatient company. Um, Sometimes they just set you up with the first person that you get an appointment with. And that's your assessment part. So at the end of your assessment, you can talk about what you're looking for in therapy and what kind of therapist you're looking for.
1: Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can make that decision after you have your initial session. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Because I tried that shit. And boy, let me tell you. I was sitting in there spilling my guts out, and she was just telling me, repeat it back to me while I say, yeah, you're right. Like, fam, ma- ma'am, I just told you that, and you just tell mm-hmm. me back again. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't help me today. I don't feel like I left here uh, better than I came. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. get no solution slash <laughs> uh game plan for how to move better. I didn't get nothing. It was just me in here talking to you, and I'm like, I'm paying you for this. Mm-hmm. Was that your first session? It went along. It went for
2: about. I think I paid her about eight
0: times before I realized. Oh, okay. You know what? I I don't know if I want to keep coming back here.
2: Okay, and that's fine because you know that first therapist may not be the one that you click with or the one that you feel like is helping you. It's like you said, it's trying to find a partner, and that's. I think the hardest part in trying to find a therapist that you vibe with is finding the right one, and the first one might not be the right one. The second one might not be the right one. So it is a journey. It's definitely a process.
0: Yeah. I always wanted the. Uh, I thought it was. I thought having a black lady was gonna help because you know, like. It, it's kind of like uh like a mom, like she give that vibe off, like she would help you the same way your mom used to, but right. it didn't work so well. Mm-hmm.
1: For me. Right, mm-hmm. I feel like um, my last session, Bob was working me out. I'll call him Bob because he white, but um, <laughs> that ain't no shade to the white people out there. Bob mm-hmm. was working me out. I throw, you know, I go on, I, I go out on a rant, not, not like that. Y'all sh- chill, <laughs> chill. I'm somebody's wife. All right. All right. Dang, I'm trying to be serious with Jamila and stuff. You bringing out Reek Nasty. I'm just saying, Paul. I
3: don't like
1: Um, Reek Nasty. I'm about to say Reek. Hila- nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to say Freak <laughs> Um. Yeah, he would come back with a question. I done, I don't went on a five minute rant and he like, so I noticed in that, that you said this, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, yeah I can. So I'm just ranting, mm-hmm. ranting, ranting. Rant, and then I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of talking now. Can you guys have something else to say? <laughs> but, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and like I said, at the end of that session, I felt like I could use a drink. Mm-hmm. I didn't go for a drink. I made myself some tea and I went on the balcony to smoke a little bit, um, no, we black, um, <laughs> black and out. Um I tried to Chief in a black and mouth after
0: therapy is wild.
1: So I took to the balcony with my peppermint tea and my black and mouth because it's on my coping list. I have a list of things that I use to cope and I pulled it out. Mm-hmm. So do we want to read? Do we want to sleep? Do we want to masturbate? All right, do balcony and balcony? Black and mouth.
3: Bal-
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I took it outside. And it got me thinking, like, maybe I could. Drink a little bit of wine. Maybe Mm. I would be fine to drink a little bit of wine. Mm -hmm. So for those people who are out there who may be struggling with their mental illness or maybe, you know, having a hard time during the winter months, what Mm -hmm. does a healthy relationship look like with alcohol or if they like to smoke weed? I'm not going to list any of the hard ones, but what is a healthy relationship with that? A healthy relationship with alcohol? Yeah.
2: Mm, I think it just... And I think we can go back to the difference between am I using it to cope with my emotions? Because then that,
1: that becomes unhealthy. Yeah, because if I would have drank in that moment, that would have been unhealthy, right? Right,
2: okay. right. Um, but, I mean, a healthy, because I don't like to say healthy relationship with alcohol. But, you know, are you only drinking, you know, socially and able to put it down and not feel like you need to go back to I in think that's social
0: especially now right. cuz you know it's holiday season mm-hmm. christmas is up next we just got through thanksgiving mm-hmm. and so like uh you out and about mm-hmm. the friends are home in town and fa- family is around mm-hmm. and so like
2: and that's when a lot of people get the most triggered is when they're around their families yeah. um and you know if you have a lot of people that are around you that are drinking and using you know you feel triggered by that
1: right and that was gonna that was gonna be my other question because when I was going through my wedding planning and everything in the day of planning, I wanted to drink champagne mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't because one of my family members was there and they have a history of struggling with those things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, we're gonna cut that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it got me thinking, was it right for me to make that decision for them or is mm-hmm. there an instance where somebody who struggles with addiction is able to drink socially again? Or should we always be on high alert mm-hmm.
0: for them to drink Simple again? That's a good question. Because I be wondering. Because sometimes
1: like right now, that uncle come back and they cool and they got that, and it feel like last time they got that Coors Light with them and they trugging it and you feel like it's a normal interaction. You mm-hmm. know what I
0: mean? Like right now yeah. it's hard to, to be around you while you're not drinking. It, if I be wanting to be like, Maybe we shouldn't drink today because Rez here. But mm-hmm. also, I'd be like, I might maybe I maybe I won't have a good time. I don't care about Rez. and it's kind of hard to like pick and place. Like mm-hmm. you're walking a very fine
2: line, um, being around settings like say, for instance, you okay, I'm I'm done drinking. I haven't been drinking for a month, and you decide to go into a bar because your friends are gonna go. More than likely, if you're like, like um, Meezy was saying earlier with his anxiety and stuff, and now you're feeling anxious because you're around all these people, you probably will pick up a drink. It's kind of like, what's that saying? You go, you sit in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Mm. You sit in a bar long enough and you're trying to be sober, you're going to pick up a drink. Mm -hmm. So it's a very fine line. And, you know, it's it's not healthy for you to be in those
1: settings.
3: Mm.
1: I will say I've, I think I tried it. With music and Jazz a Friday, a couple of Fridays ago. And mm-hmm. I did good. You know, I was at the bar, had a good time, you know, made my own time. They played Kaya, and I was, you know, all your ladies pop, yo, puts it like this. I was getting it, right? But in the back of my head, I was like, you know, you're not really drinking because you have a problem. You can have a drink if you wanted to. And then the, the other voice in my head was like, bitch, you better not. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. But when I got home, I realized how exhausting that exercise was. Because not only was I having that conversation in my head, but people in the bar were asking me what I was drinking. And mm-hmm. I got my little cranberry juice with a splash of Sprite. And the one guy, he literally said verbatim, her drink is really red. What is she drinking? It's cranberry juice, bro. And <laughs> he was like, I'm sure he was just asking because he wanted one to it. It looked good, but it's literally cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. So... Fighting with that, fighting with other people. And mm-hmm. then like in social settings outside of the bar, when, when I'm dealing with friends, like going to Friendsgiving, I opted out of Friendsgiving this year. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's too much of a one-on-one session. And when y'all get drunk, y'all like to spin in people's face and tell stories.
0: I'm not with that. So I, <laughs> Being sober <I> like, <laughs> and having the rest of the, the drunk people talk to you is right. nuts. Nice.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, I'm fresh into a marriage. So the, the other question is, are you having a baby? Bitch, I don't even know if I can have babies yet. How about that? And you're asking me if I'm pregnant and that's why I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. But it also turns into a deeper conversation for me because, like, mm-hmm. why aren't you drinking?
0: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a really great point because I always wonder what is the the thing about change? Like, why why is it weird? Like, yes, mm-hmm. the last six times you saw me... It was lit, I was turned up, and I was drunk. But today, I might say no, but I still want to be around my people. Right. <laughs> like I yeah, still want to yeah. be here. Why are you asking me why? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's wrong that I didn't want to drink Right, today?
1: and why do you guys mm-hmm. feel so pressured by me not drinking? Like I don't want you all to change your behavior around mm-hmm. drinking because I'm not drinking. Like I know I'm strong enough to say I'm not drinking, I'm not doing it, and it's not messing me up to the point where I'm in the corner mm-hmm. like, I'll just grab my little sparkly or something because I think – that's what it turns into. When I stopped smoking cigarettes, it was the the motion. So, yeah. it wasn't so much that I was addicted to smoking the nicotine. It was the bodily function. I need to keep mm-hmm. my mouth and my hands busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all know.
0: Relax. So, I started picking up. I started
1: picking up. What? Oh, that's the, the sound that he's making is a sound where somebody is being nasty. Okay. But um, so I, I'll drink a sparkling soda instead or I'll drink a cranberry juice just to keep my mouth and hands moving. So I think we need to just normalize as people in a community. We're old enough. We're at that age where, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s. So socially drinking is one thing. But if I see you on a gram on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you just always posting a drink to your story, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned. So I think we need to normalize people not drinking in social situations because everybody isn't able to drink socially. And like Meezy said, you still want to hang out with your friends. So mm-hmm. then it turns into what else can we do with those people who are no longer drinking mm-hmm. to make them still feel a part of a friendship?
2: I mean... It's your decision. And I feel like, you know, this is a really good point that you hit on. It's like, why do we make it such a big deal when somebody stops drinking? If somebody changes their diet and decides to be vegan, we're not asking, well, why are you over here being
1: vegan? Sometimes we do. But no, they it's do. Not, they, they tear the
2: vegan. As black people.
0: <laughs> as black people. Me saying I'm
1: pescatarian in these streets? Woo! If you, they want to fight me.
0: When it's the cookout time and there ain't no vegetarian options, they get a little angry about it. Now that. they got yeah, a good salmon yeah. for headass over there. You always want to get a vegetable <laughs> We don't faces. have sides here. We got ribs hips We barely got a place <laughs> for
1: you asking about some asparagus. If you don't get it. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I think people are just kind of like, whoa. And they and they start to peer pressure you a lot more like,
1: well, you need to get back drinking or okay,
2: you're okay, not drinking tonight. But,
0: but if every I what about tomorrow, <laughs> but, like, but if I look
1: them in their eyes and I'm like, I'm not drinking cuz I was an alcoholic, they're going to be feeling bad. Oh, mm-hmm. well, here's some water
2: for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to divulge all that information to right. them just
1: yet. Like you don't
2: feel comfortable saying, you know, I have a problem drinking and like having a whole therapy session with your friends. So it's like right.
1: now everybody in the corner are like, am I
2: in all right change the
0: mood in this bitch <laughs> okay. Let's right. go. don't invite it. her next time <laughs> right
2: mm-hmm. or, or you know they might think like oh well now she's gonna be a downer and she's not gonna be as lit or she's not gonna be as fun no that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm not gonna still be fun
1: right uh-huh. yeah
0: i don't want to be the responsible one in the function that's
1: right. It's me, how y'all get I don't mean to be this person, but how y'all get home tonight?
0: <laughs> no, she can't go with you. Like, damn.
1: All right, so that brings me to kind of like my next point. Realizing that in matter of fact, I'm going to take it this way. Intervention was a good ass show. Mm-hmm. Is it realistic for us to sit down with our friends and tell them, "Hey, You going crazy on that cocaine. I know it was a a weekend thing. We used to hit the the gay bar and, you know, powder was, it was dope. Like, we had a great time off that powder. But I'm noticing that you're doing it Monday through Friday. That is a
0: very wild, like, like, accurate description. The gay bar?
1: How do you sit your friends down and say, hey, girl.
0: Especially because there's Mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't listen.
1: Well, I (coughs) mean, oh, yeah, Measy doesn't listen.
0: No.
2: (laughs) Me's going
0: to fight. (laughs) I'm like, no, I got this. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, we had. Fun day, Sunday, fun day today. But I'm going home. I'm not staying here. I'm going to get in my car and go home. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, if it's coming from a good place, I don't see anything wrong with interventions. But it's ultimately up to that person to right. stop using and stop drinking. You know, you can't convince them otherwise. If they're not ready to stop using drugs or drinking alcohol, then that's on them. You know, all you can do is... Be as supportive as you can, you know, and if that means like because if this person is being destructive or destructive to your friendship, destructive to your family, sometimes people have to set boundaries with that person. But it's ultimately up to that person to stop, to put it down and make a change. That's
1: a word. That's Mm -hmm. a word. So no matter how many times we sit down and we talk to them, no matter how many times we, you know, try to show up to the function with cranberry juice instead of. Alcohol mm-hmm. it's up to that person to change their mindset and get around the addiction. Mm-hmm. um Are there any tips for people who may be listening to this episode and feel like you know it's kind of hitting home for me? What are things? What are small steps that they can take to see is mm-hmm. this me, and how can I fix this if it is me?
2: um I guess. What you could do is kind of analyze, you know, maybe some of the things that I said, if you feel like you have a problem, are you, is your tolerance increasing? Are you getting into a lot of legal troubles? Are you getting into situations with your families and friends where they are sitting you down constantly? Um, are you engaging in this activity more than you should be? Like, are you missing work um, because you're hungover or because you can't function at work without drinking or without using that drug? So I guess just kind of analyzing your own life and seeing if any of those things hit. And if you're ready to take that step to stop using, maybe outpatient therapy might be for you. Or maybe you need to just go straight detox. There are facilities where you can go in, detox for like six, seven days straight, and then you can go into therapy. Because depending on how much somebody uses of a drug or how much they drink, it might be safer for somebody to go into detox because you can Mm. um, have some heavy withdrawals. That's
1: right. That's true. That's what I heard about withdrawal from alcohol. It's really hard. Mm -hmm.
0: Every time I think of uh, (laughs) withdrawal, I always see that scene in Ray. (laughs) <laughs> when Teddy Fox is on the bed and he just starts shaking real bad and they go to the bathroom and throw up. That's, that's mm-hmm. every time in my head, that's all I see. No matter what drug or addiction you have, that's just all I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
2: Yep. You definitely can go through that. Um, you can have seizures from alcohol. Your blood pressure increases with alcohol. Um, I know this might be TMI, diarrhea.
0: Mm. Um, oh, maybe. Yeah. Right. I, the whole time I thought it was because I was lactose. And I was
1: withdrawing.
3: Oh.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Nah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, um, the ice cream, the Coke. Oh. You guys are still lactose. <laughs> all right. We can't push this uh, on all right. something else. All right. all right. so. But that gelato be good.
1: bro. <laughs> I think um, sometimes we can do all of these things and we can say all of these things here. But ultimately... I think the other side of this is some people don't make it out of addiction. And there are cases when you have family members that you lost Mm -hmm. to addiction. You have celebs that you look up to that you lost from addiction. And sometimes it's hard for the people who are left behind to navigate those spaces. Mm -hmm. Do you have any words of encouragement for people who may have lost somebody to addiction?
2: Mm -hmm. I would definitely say there's um, support groups that you can go to. Like, say, for instance, you don't have an issue with an addiction, but you have a family member that does. There's uh, support groups called Al-Anon and NAR-Anon. NAR-Anon is for the hardcore drugs and AL-Anon is for alcoholics, family members that drink alcohol. And NAR-Anon is for family members that use the other drugs. Mm -hmm. So there's like places you can go to. Where you can be a part of a setting where other family members are struggling as well.
1: And do for those groups, do they take volunteers, like people to come in who still have family members that are living through it? Like, how does that work? I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure they would take
2: volunteers. But and um, it's called
1: Arnon, um, Alenon, A L
2: dash A N O N. Okay. And Naranon is N
1: A R dash. A N O N. I get it. Narcotics and alcohol and on. Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. Okay. Thank I you. think that's a using <laughs> it. I think Isn't that's it. a good tool though because mm-hmm. it would be dope if you have people that lost somebody from addiction and you have addicts in the same room mm-hmm. and they just talk about their experience and how it's hurting their family members. Because mm-hmm. one thing for me, um, going through my journey with family family members who have addictions is realizing that it was something they couldn't control Mm -hmm. almost like a disease or like you being sick with a virus. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's not in their control anymore. Mm -hmm. So me being upset at them for not showing up or me being upset for them for, you know, taking an experience away from me or Mm -hmm. turning a a good situation bad Mm -hmm. isn't benefiting them. Mm -hmm. So In some cases, I did have to separate the person from the addiction Mm -hmm. in order for me to move forward with coping with a a relationship, like moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me to go through. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there are support groups out there for people who are going through these things is, you know, a great tool. So Mm -hmm. write that down, people. Write it down. And I like how you brought up a very good point because
2: addiction is a disease, and I think there's a lot more negative stigmas associated with people who are addicts versus people that have mental health issues. Right there, we're more becoming supportive of people that have mental health issues. But if you know you see an addict on the street, oh. They're thieves. They're liars. You know they're not good people. No, they're still people. They're just you know they have a disease, a brain disease at that, and you know they're caught up in something that they can't control.
0: They got turned around. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm. That's a good question. Cause like, what well, makes sure you add it? Like if I if I drink here once in a while, mm-hmm. or you know I might you know sniff a little line here and there in I'm social coping. like. Like how far is it before you become? Like you keep saying, like if you continue, it continues to affect. But like, could I like be an addict if I tried it one time and I just was like, no, no,
2: no. I mean, there's a difference. Experimenting is definitely a thing. I mean, I've tried marijuana in my early twenties. It all it did was make me laugh and be paranoid. Mm. <laughs> um, so it that was not for me. So experience. There's nothing wrong with like experimenting, but like I was saying earlier, when you start recognizing those things, can I not put it down now?
3: Right. It's so becoming
2: an issue to where I can't put it down. I can't function without it. I'm constantly thinking about it. I have to drink more or use more right. to get high
1: or to get drunk. So men and women out there. Concerned about their sexuality, hey, take relax. what she just said and apply it to the opposite sex to get the answer of if you're bi or if you're straight. If you tried it once, it don't mean you're gay, all right? You just tried it, you want to know. Relax, Fucking Molly there. That man is not gay, Molly. Relax. He's not gay. So I know we're pushing up on time, but I do have one last thing that I wanted to um, kind of talk about. And I know we have a lot of awareness around mental health now. And, you know, a lot of people are self-care day in and I'm mm-hmm. going to therapy. But there are still people out there on the fence and of the belief that therapy isn't going to do anything for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. How can we get more people that look like us to believe in therapy?
0: In both sides. Mm-hmm. As therapists and as people who go to therapy. Right. Because mm-hmm. my problem is, I, yes, I have been very, you know, stubborn. I also would like to, if I'm gonna get to the therapy, I like to take some steps before I get there, and it ain't a lot of us that look like us doing that,
1: right?
2: And I think that's that's still a big part and a big issue with therapy is that there are not a lot of black therapists. For one, there's not a lot of black male therapists. They're starting to become a lot more black female therapists, but black male therapists is very slim. I think a lot of black men would like to have another black male therapist so that you know they feel more comfortable. But um, I think just continuing the conversation of mental health because I I mean, like it's, it's a big stigma in the African American community they assume if you go to therapy you're crazy mm. um so oh, yeah mm. just normalizing it more
0: telling my um, business to somebody right knows.
2: yeah i don't want anybody to know my business god forbid
1: or... somebody hear this episode and be like i knew that bitch was crazy <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes right. i am but right. that's rude. if like, you doing ever if you've ever <laughs> yeah. heard
0: an episode of
1: <laughs> <laughs> not just this episode <laughs> Y'all should be sending E-D-M open if you didn't. Know. Up. Put your cash app up. <laughs> if y'all feel bad for eating his experience with me, oh cash my up, goodness. goodness. Saying, oh, that's <laughs> right,
2: baby. Oh. Ow, ow. <laughs> and it's also the term, um, you know, go to church and pray about it. Oh, I, Jesus! I definitely it. You think so? Because I feel like that is uh,
1: that's true.
0: That is the black people's alternative, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, If I go to God, I don't have to go to therapy.
1: Church Mm -hmm. does offer therapy. However, Mm -hmm. one-on-one therapy is different from going to church and a group, if you consider church to be therapy, a group therapy session. Mm Because that's just Mm -hmm. one word for people. You know what I mean? It's not... Mm A specific plan Attacking what's going on With you as an individual Right Your relationship with With God Is gonna be your relationship With God God I hear you too But he busy There's a lot of people right. Out here following him Stephen
0: Ferdinand I Can't imagine help you One over <laughs>
1: Y'all be y'all talk about why God ain't answer the slave. Can you imagine how many people was praying in slavery? God had a lot of phone calls.
0: <laughs> Michael Todd is not going to get you through your exact situation right? right
1: now. God, give God a minute. But in the meantime, while you going through it, talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. God put soldiers on this earth to help you go through what Talk to the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Got to be there in a crisis. Talk to the soldiers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's, you put us that's, here for a reason. That's right. Pretty funny. Utilize
0: us. <laughs> that's pretty <Right>.
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's go ahead and take a break and come back with our final thoughts.
0: You need promotion and visibility for your product? Why not do it right here on Textually Active? It's a space right here that you can add to. If you got a podcast, a book club, a vinyl a candle set, whatever it is you do. We might need some lashes. You can promote your product right here on Textually Active. Be sure to click the link wherever you're listening to this too and you can get more information there. Promote your stuff right here with Textually Active.
1: All right, so we're back. And before we wrap up the show, you know, we got to do our final thoughts, play a little tune and get into our memes. But let's jump right into our final thoughts. So... Going through this episode, one of the major questions that I had that I didn't get a chance to get to is what exactly the therapist's job is in the mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. I had it in my head that I go to therapy, I show up, I sit down, I spill out my guts and they give me like some type of plan and then I'm healed. Or I just go there and I automatically feel better. Maybe they just ask me a bunch of questions and I respond. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. do they actually do and what should people expect mm-hmm. when they go there?
2: Um so I like to tell people that you are the leader of your own life. A therapist is simply your guide. Mm, um, Excellent. We're wow. not <laughs> we're not here to <clears throat> tell you what you should do. We can make recommendations, and we also develop a treatment plan. So when you come in, you're like, "Well, this is some of the things I want to address. I have, say, for instance, trauma in my life. I want to eventually get to that and work up to that." Um, I have an addiction, and I also want to work on that. So there's a treatment plan that therapists develop for each individual because everybody's treatment plan looks different. And it depends on how long you want your therapy to last. Um, I know when I worked in outpatient, we updated our treatment plans every three months, every six months, every year. So it just depends on how long you want your therapy sessions to last. But it's ultimately, like you said, up to you once you leave that therapy session to also put in the work. So say, for instance, your therapist gives you homework, you know, it's up to you to actually do it and kind of understand what some things are that you want out of your
0: therapist. Yeah, you do. do My friends be getting homework.
1: I want some homework.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Sorry. I can't talk to you about my problems and I get more.
2: (laughs) Jesus. But addressing like your life struggles, you know, is work. You know, addressing your trauma is work. And a lot of these things that you have suppressed
1: in the back of your mind, it is work. So should we go into it with a reason as to why we're there and what we want to fix? Because I was caught off guard when he asked me that question. And I don't know if that was Mm -hmm. the real reason. I just was like, well, shit, I'm here because blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But that's not actually what I want to work on. like. Mm -hmm. So are you saying, can you just go to therapy and not know what you
2: want to work on? Yeah. I believe so. Um, a lot of the times you can find people that are like, I'm not sure. Right now, my life is kind of all over the place and I'm a little bit lost myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe start there. Yeah. And then a lot of a lot of the times you can have things come up that you didn't even realize that you've kind of suppressed in the back of your mind that actually tend to come up in therapy. And now you're like, okay. Maybe since we talked about this, we need to address this a little bit more.
3: Yeah, mm.
1: that's true. That's crazy. All right, Mizi, I need a song. Oh, uh,
0: oh, uh. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jamila, thank you so much. <laughs> look look at welcome. you,
0: overwhelmed. <laughs> Got me fucked up.
3: <laughs> Wrong you. Button. You are now too. Then
0: you the W M U. You're not tuning in to WMEZ This week uh, The song of the week this week Is from every second It is called Not a Problem Here on WMEZ Just follow my lead
3: When I say let's go at it I don't mean Enemies How'd you get that emojis When I say you're my type girl I don't mean Emojis are on your waist I'm not trying to date Rose is us today, let's cut to the chase. I want all of your love, but I don't wanna wait. We can cut a few corners and go all the way. This is not traditional. You know, whenever I'm calling, it's conditional. Girl, don't blame, don't blame what it's hidden for. I know what you hit the gym and get in good condition for. You, 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 You look iconic. You look iconic, going crazy on the gram. They psychotic over you, know you a problem. Love it when you confident, girl. You know you a problem, but it's not a problem with me, with me. No, it's not a problem. No, it's not a problem with me, with me.
0: No, it's not a That was uh. Every second—that's the artist's name. The name of that song was not a problem. He was, you know, he was trying to bag shorty. He was going crazy for it. But if you enjoyed that, I feel like we needed to slow it down a little bit, just calm our mental, because we got gentleminds. We do. We got gentlemen. <laughs> but if you enjoyed that, be sure to go to your favorite streaming service: Title, Apple Music, Spotify, whichever one you pay for. Type in textually active WMEZ song of the week playlist to pop up and you too can listen to every second. Not a problem here on WMEZ. Textually active.
1: All right. So let's soften it up a little bit more by pulling out a meme. Uh, Jamila, this is the segment where we share something that we saw on the Internet that made us laugh or made us think are related to the episode. Do you have a meme this week? I don't, I don't have one I, That's fine, we got it Meezy, what you
2: got?
0: Uh, I just want to say, Jamila brought up a great point about Sometimes you go to uh, therapy to work on traumas And I just want to say, uh, nobody embarrassed me more <gasps> in 2010 Than writing Facebook statuses Some <laughs>
1: Facebook statuses, they come back up And you're like, damn, did I say that? Why mm-hmm. was I? <laughs> but I also, so this reminded me Um, I was looking at one of those statuses that came back up, and I tweeted the lyrics to Love Bomb by uh, N.E.R.D. Not Pharrellin. Well, also known as Pharrellinum. But I was like, yo, I forgot about this song, and it came back, so it also was a help for me. I
0: feel like your meme this week, I know you probably got one set up, but it should be what you said the other week, because it's really good. If you don't want to use it, I'm going to use it. Go ahead. (laughs) It's getting cold now. And, you know, your mental's already gentle. (laughs) What you need to do to improve your self-care for the week... Put a couple of pictures of people you love uh, on your dashboard uh, to hide uh, that chick July <laughs> <gel. laughs> Hey, you can turn the radio <laughs> up if it start to make it up. Protect yourself. Protect your mental health. <laughs> Facts, Yo, I meant that. The I mean, people were like
1: laughing at me and shit, but that is why I have those pictures there. I because I have car trauma. But my mm-hmm. meme actually this week is we was not supposed to notice many people existed, let alone mm-hmm. their thoughts. That's why it's okay mm. to log your ass off of social media sometimes <laughs> because Girl. it's overload. Your brain was not meant to know what hey, not I was going through. How is it so many people in the world? And then you actually Next. think that you can get to know them. You can't. Oh you won't God. meet every single one of these people, <laughs> this, I promise you. Then you be like, yo, they relate to me. Like, like how do you know? know? No, you don't know these people. You might not ever meet them. <laughs> Relax.
0: <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Jamila, thank, thank you so much. Thank you thank so much. Y'all. Cause thank I think we so got much. I think we touched some of the things that people have been like traumatized. Like I know the listeners were like, oh my God, another mental health. But I think this is things that people need. Like yeah. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. we need to touch the 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 stigmas around these addictions and problems. Cause mm-hmm. I even drank during the whole episode. I ain't gonna tell nobody else. But <laughs> I did it And I thought I was okay But maybe I'm not It's okay We gonna work on it I also wanna thank you Because um, They've been Trying to self-diagnose for, for the last 100 episodes
1: I mean High key low key I already mm-hmm. was diagnosed I told y'all this But I'm working on
0: and it And I'm mm-hmm. still drinking
1: <laughs> But
2: you are starting to address it Probably oh,
1: shouldn't be Textually or active identified. Or drinking I
0: mean <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't be Textually active While yeah. I'm
1: drinking <laughs> <laughs> Jamila, where can the people find you? What, do you what do you do in your spare time can they follow you on social
2: media yes you can follow me on Instagram at Jamila Ashley um, I do do content on my social media I'm actually taking a break right now because I'm tapping into my own mental health and I needed a break from making content
0: but, which is okay <laughs>
2: yeah so um, you can find me on Instagram you can find me on YouTube at Jamila Ashley you can also find me on Facebook at Jamila
0: Ashley don't forget the TikToks Oh
2: yeah, TikTok. You be on
1: TikTok, I love yeah, TikTok. I do, do, do TikTok. Mm-hmm. If you've been doing TikTok since before October 2020, you may be out to get some money. There's a, a class action lawsuit going on there. Mm-hmm. All right, make sure y'all sign up. Mm-hmm. Get yourself twenty dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You never know where you might right. need. That $20 slide <laughs> at the right time. It's a good Friday. You Right know mean?
1: <laughs> now, with gas so high, $20. Don't fill me up. Okay. No more. <laughs> put it in your gas tank, baby. Um, but thank you all for listening to another episode of Textually Active. I really hope y'all got a piece of information from this and we keep talking about this support group. We're gonna make one. Y'all just let us know where y'all want it at. We're gonna be there. We're gonna talk about the episodes with y'all afterwards and everything. So thank you for listening to Textually Active. We really appreciate you all as listeners. Um, make sure y'all send some love to Jamila. Let her know you heard her if it's something that she said that resonated with you through the episode reach out to her she'll mm-hmm. answer questions talk to her she talked back talk to me she talked back beasy um
0: is I, working on it. if i like you i talk about Depending it on the <laughs> if i don't know y'all it's, it's weird
1: mm. but we'll be back next tuesday y'all thank you